Welcome back to season two of Not Everyone Gets a Trophy with Amy and Mo, recorded live from SB Studios. Uh, good morning and welcome to our show, Not Everyone Gets a Trophy with Amy and Mo. I like that intro. You do? Yeah. So, and, and the reason we had to do this again for um, when I see you at work, that's that's what I get. Hi. <laughs> yeah. Right. So when you sometimes start, good morning. Okay. I'm right? I'm, I'm working. I'm like it's like it's not, that's not that's not Amy. Right. But I, I'm so excited to be here. Me too. We are. We've made it twice in one week. <laughs> right to the to the studio. Yes. That, that hasn't happened in like almost a year. I want to say. I know. Well, I'm I'm getting my shit together, Mo. Yes. I really am. And today we have a special guest. It's my mother, Patricia. Hi, say hi, mom. Hello, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is her first experience in the studio or something like this, right? Have you have you ever been to something like this before? No, not at all. <laughs> and it, that's cool because a lot of people want the experience and they don't want to talk. And that's totally fine. And I think it, it adds the energy to this room. Yeah. It adds a different dynamics to it. So if you ever want to just come and just sit here with us, by all means, just shoot me a text or Amy and say, hey, can I just come sit down, see how it is and... Just, I don't know, because it's a different experience. I know, because I do have people that want to share. Like, they they have some really good shit. Yeah. And they just put it off, put it off, mm -hmm. and they just feel too anxious, or it's like a, a fear. But it's, it's really cool in here. Yeah. I love it here. Yeah. And uh, you haven't been to the other studio, but I think it's every Thursday, I want to say, that we're able to record at the new Killin building. Um so I think we might be hopefully recording there soon again. Uh, might be with the equine guy that we have coming up. Oh, so. yeah. We do have a really great speaker. He does equine therapy and it's in CUNA, correct? Mm -hmm. Boy, don't keep out everything. Oh. Yeah. I know. So I, I can't I can't keep a secret. Save my life. Yeah. It's terrible. But let's talk about today. Yeah. All right. You ready? Yes. So I'm right. excited about our topic. Okay. So um, I, I, I've been struggling at work, right? And uh, not myself, but with people. And one of the things I want to talk about is that you are where you're at in life because of you. Simple as that. Okay. It's it, really hard for people to accept that. It is. Because um, it, it says a lot about or it speaks a lot to their insecurities. But it's it's it's, it's raw. Right. It's it's there's it's, no feeling. It, there's nothing. It's just objective. Correct. And yes, there's trauma. There is all kinds of stuff out there. But when it comes down to it, you have to realize that you are today here because of you. Whether that's good or bad. Okay, so tell me what happened. No, I, well, I, don't, I can't tell you exactly <laughs> what happened. But it, well, I, I always... Well, a scenario. Well, here's the thing. So... I I like to take things that are somewhat broken or just not working out and just kind of break it to pull it back up together and to make it very fluid. Okay, so you're saying you need to break it all the way down? At to times, build it yes. Back yes. Because there are systems that are just too intertwined that it's easier just to like... Break it. Yeah, just start start, start all the way over. Correct. I I like that. So, but like when I, doing that, 
And I mean, you have a business. Mm-hmm. When you take over, there is a resistance. I, I want to say I'm in love with this resistance. I love resistance from people. Because if there's no resistance, I ain't doing it right. That's why you fight with everyone. I wouldn't say fight. I think I have a, a vision of what I want things to look like. And it's never for me. Never. And, and that's why people get me wrong is people assume that, oh, he's doing certain things because his ego, because he wants to look good or or whatever. Shaq, you know who Shaq is, right? The basketball player. I know who Shaq is. He has this um, this thing when he invests in companies, there's one rule to him investing. And the rule is it's got to help others. Oh, yeah. Didn't he buy like a pizza joint? Oh, he, he bought, well, he's bought a lot of things, Okay, but he invested in Walmart shoes. Like all the, a lot of the Walmart shoes, the basketball shoes are, are shacks. And then he also has for JCPenney, the, the, the big and tall section. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, these are fun facts. So he, every time he goes in to invest in any kind of company, it's got to help others. There's no money involved and it's not for me. And I like that mentality. I do too. Uh, I do. That that's a great. So when I approach foundation. things, it's that same mentality. It's all about how can this be better for the client, for the patient, always. But in doing so, the resistance of the people I work with. Oh man, it is. It's insane. But I love it. I'm like addicted to that. Yeah. And one of the things that I've found out is people will justify any mistake they make, even though they're allowed to make mistakes, even though I I can be like, you're going to make mistakes, you're not going to get it, and that is okay. And people just, oh, it's because that person. Oh, it's because it's too early. I can't get up at 730. I'm like, dang. Yeah, I hear that a lot. It's too hard. That's a really hard thing to do. So then everything's hard. Right. And going back to what you're saying, like, we're, we are here today because of the choices that we've made behind us. Yes. And, and we keep saying that you're one decision away. Right. I'm being something different. One decision. Whether that is making your bed that you normally don't do. Oh, I make my bed. Right. Yeah. Or I- me pulling the, the shoes from the carpet onto the rack. Or taking out the trash or doing something that I don't do yesterday. That that little gesture will make you a better person today. But oftentimes we don't see that until we don't get what we want in a big way. So, so I think it's like a perspective thing. And and like I was saying earlier, or um, and this was before we started, but it, it just depends on how you look at things. So I was listening to some motivational speaking. And what I heard there that stuck in my mind was your setbacks are really your setups for what is about to happen. But it just depends on what you're actually going to do. Because if you do nothing, you become the victim, the complainer, right? The, all those kinds of things. But if you recognize and take accountability for what you did in while well, as you failed or at the failure point, mm-hmm then you can use it as a foundation to like catapult yourself 
into a whole different direction. Absolutely. And but you, but you, I've, I've done that. So we had a podcast last year. Gosh, it was somewhere around November. It was, it was my story and it's episode 21. Um, I had a huge setback. My whole life fell apart. I had the biggest meltdown of my entire life. And I let, I let life suck and it sucked me in. And I was at the lowest point. I almost drank myself to death. Um, and that wasn't intentional, but I became a victim of my circumstance. I let all those bad thoughts creep into my head. Um, and the alcohol didn't help. So, you know, I was like, I would tell myself, I'm not a good mom. I stopped do doing mom things, really. Um, I lost my job. I wasn't a good employee. Um, I really wasn't good at anything. So life really sucked. And I, I said, well, it's because of this. And if my husband would have walked out on me and, you know, I like the list goes on. Right. Because, and, the, and, because that's what the brain does. Right. That's how it protects you. So. Uh, <laughs> and it protects you. It, it, you don't see it that way. I'm not saying it protects you against you getting out of it. But once you get comfortable in a place, anything outside of that being comfortable becomes a threat to the brain. So if I'm if I just sat down on the couch and I forget the remote, the threat is getting up. Getting up is good and getting it. However, I'm seeing it as a threat. So when you fall into like this deep depression, it's actually more comfortable. Well, just, it's easy. Just, it's, it's comfortable. It's easy. It's safe. It's easy to suck at life. Yeah. It's easy to be a loser. It's super hard to be successful. I mean, people, you know, like the big winners, you know, the, the, the big time people, you know, like the 2% that we talk about, it's like they, they say blood, sweat, tears go into to being successful and they're not kidding. Right. And and you say it's easy. I don't think it's easy. I think it's hard. To I suck think, at life? I think it's it's safe, which is a difference than easy. Because in the moments, in my heart moments in life, when I went through a heart separation, it wasn't easy. But it was very safe for me to remain in that spot. Because anything outside of that, ooh, no, 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 no. I'm not going to put myself in a position to get hurt again. I'm big on words and you know that. Yeah. And that's why, because when you say a word, the brain responds mm -hmm. and then your body responds. See, people don't understand that the brain cannot do two things at once. It's very black and white. If you're going into an interview, why consciously tell me, oh, I'm so nervous about this? Why? Versus saying, I am so excited about this interview. Because the moment you say, I'm nervous, you're going to look nervous. You're going to present nervous. Why would I hire you? I wouldn't. But if you're so excited about the job and you present excited, even if you don't know one thing about that job, because you're so excited about this, I will probably hire you. Right. So our, our thoughts become our actions. Yeah. So for me, like it took a while for me to really get it. And it took a lot of, it just took a lot of faith. That's, that's really, that's really was it for me. And if, if you listen to episode 21, you, you can hear the whole entire story. And I, it just clicked one day where I was like, 
no, I, this is not my life and I don't want to do this anymore. So it just set me up for a platform to have an opportunity to like project myself in a whole different direction. Right. And it changed my life. Um, but I had to be very uncomfortable and for a while it was scary, but once I had like a foundation of like those, uh, constant like rewards of like, I'm doing the next right thing, you know, I'm doing the next right thing. It became a lot easier and it, it just takes, it takes a lot of motivation and discipline to kind of stay on that track. I'm not going to lie. So when you have people that you work with and they play the victim of their circumstance. Yeah. And, and it's hard to get out of your own way, Mo. So last last episode, we talked about how when you like the um, the heart thing, right? The uh, experiment with the four hearts, and when they pull them together, oh, they synchronize. They, yeah. they they synchronize and start beating together, right? Mm-hmm. And I was thinking that about my life in every, in every aspect of my life, and I can tell what part of, of my life is good based off that one fact or that that whole that whole idea yeah. because mm-hmm. if i plug visual. in myself at work are we synced no if i plug myself with my kids am i synced right i can do that in certain parts of my life and that little fact that i learned in class has become something big mm-hmm. and a lot of people think i need to go to counseling to tell you all my trauma to tell you what I've been through, and and there and that's not what counseling is supposed to be about. Counseling is supposed to be about me teaching you how to be self sufficient in processing everything. You don't have to talk to process. And a lot of people think they need to talk to process. I'm like, no, 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 no. If I can help you process, you do the rest, and then we're good. I don't. I don't want to hear. All that horror stuff. I don't. I don't. I don't deserve that as a human being. I don't. Well, I think sometimes <clears throat> talking about trauma, um, and if it's not in a safe spot and you don't have any sort of like closure with with what you're sharing, mm-hmm. it's actually detrimental to to the like your 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 close like your future, like your immediate future. Right, because humans long for closure. Because we we are what our thoughts are, and so if you don't have enough time with someone to talk through it and have like some sort of like closure with it it's it's going to make you feel but if, what i find out is a lot of people want that closure but yet they don't want to get dirty they don't want to go to the the roots of it to get that closure what they want is a band-aid give me a band-aid so i can just go about my day today and go to work so i can get to bed and go to sleep and wake up and do it again can I interject? There? Absolutely, yeah. Mom. Yeah, me. here we go. Yes, <laughs> I got her attention. Now. Yay. So you were saying that as a therapist, you don't you don't want to um, pull it closer. You don't want to hear the um, trauma that the the patient has gone through. No, not at all. I don't oh. think as, as humans, that is your treasure, and that's why I tell people what you've been through, it's your treasure. The whole idea is for me to help you. Tell your story one day that at the end of your story, there's the aha moment. Right. But you got to know their trauma in order to help them heal. Is that, isn't that correct? 
you must know your trauma because you understand your trauma. My job is to teach you more about the brain, more about the body response and how I process everything. The more tools I give you, the more things you start like, it starts clicking. So if you think about a car, let's say you come in just kind of with the bare minimum, like the tires and the body. And you tell me, oh my gosh, it took so much for me to drive this car over here. What I'm doing is at that point is just giving you tools for you to start making that car. So I'm kind of educating the brain. For example, anxiety. A lot of people think anxiety is a feeling. It's not. It's, a, it's like it lives in your body. Meaning that that's why they can give you medication and it goes away. But it's not a feeling. Stress lives in the mind, and your body can only give you three minutes of stress before, and this is harsh, right? Mm -hmm. Before it's your fault for not doing what stress is telling you to do. So stress is actually good. It doesn't feel good. Correct. So if I get fired from work, stress is going to tell me, you better go update your resume, talk to your family, start saving money, right? That's what stress is going to tell me to do. Mm -hmm. If I consciously choose not to do that, I will go into anxiety. Anxiety leads to my most unhealthy behavior pattern. Yes. Which can be any kind of addiction, right? right? Like, but it can be porn, it can be food, it can be, it can be gambling, it can be anything. Mm -hmm. Correct. And, and I got there because I consciously said, I don't want to listen to stress. See, so the more I start teaching you about these things, mm -hmm. the more you start plugging in things. Right? So core beliefs, something we talk about. Mm -hmm. The I am statements of who we are as human beings. I always try to determine where did it start. So without you telling me what it is, you already know what it is. Correct? I am not good enough. I'm not lovable. I right. am alone. I am worthless. Right. The next question would be, tell me about a time in your life between the ages of zero to seven that that came about. Correct. And, and then I say, don't tell me what it is. Just tell me what age it was. Okay. So why wouldn't you want to know what it is? Because a lot of people want to spend, uh, want to give me this story outside of that time. Okay. And it's already the slippery slope. So right now, for example, you can give me a time. What time would it, are you thinking? 11 years old. Zero to seven. Oh, zero to seven? Zero to seven. Um, six. Okay. So zero to seven, we're all subconscious, 100% subconscious. Mm -hmm. Meaning that that's why kids can believe in Santa Claus. Correct. That's why they can believe that if, if somebody messes with my kids, I will turn into a bear. Mm -hmm. I show up at their school <laughs> and guess what do you think the kids are telling me? Let's see it happen. Let's see it. Let's see it. And I'm like, well, no one's hurting the kiddos. Like, I can't. Like, I can't turn into a bear right now. And they believe that because they don't have the ability to argue. Right. So now that you said six, mm -hmm. okay, now I actually know a little bit more about you. Okay. And then I would say, well, which one of your parents made you feel that? Right? And then you Correct. would say, okay. And see, now I'm trying to hone in and see... After that, mm -hmm. I don't need to know a lot of that yet. Okay. What I want to know is 
what made you believe? What event in your life made you believe what you truly believe by yourself today? Okay. And then from there, if I am able to transform that belief, so then it kind of just, everything just kind of dissolves. I mean, does that make sense? Yeah. So I always feel like in counseling and therapy, it's not really someone giving me assignments to like do, mm-hmm. to like a task mm-hmm. to, to get it done. And oh, I'm cured. Oh, it all went away. Like that's not how therapy works. Mm-hmm. It's that in talking about things, maybe not directly like giving them your story of the trauma, but as they like talk about things around that and they have these tools. So like what he talked about the car, like you had basic tires and, and the body of the car. Well, now he's giving you air conditioning. Now he's giving, giving you brake lights. Now he's giving you a seat belt and you're like, Oh, so you have all these things now and you're like, Oh, now I can drive the car better. And, and you, you figure them out on your own. So you kind of just like let that mm-hmm. all, Ruminate, and you're like, oh yeah, well, a safety belt. If I, if you know, if this, if this is what happened, and I would have had a safety belt, then it might have not been so painful. Well, now I have a safety belt, so things like that yeah. don't have to harm me. And, and see, the problem is anymore. that we view the problem with a conscious mind right. when the issue started at a subconscious level. So the the example that I was give is if if my child, uh, if Luca, right. Is on his, on his first ride on bike, right? And he falls and he bleeds and he's running towards me. And then my phone rings and it's the bank and it's a house that it's for our family, right? And I grab the phone because I don't want to miss that phone call. And I tell my son to wait. What would I just send this subconscious message that he's not important? Correct. Did I mean to do that? No, no. Uh, no, I didn't. That doesn't make me a bad father. However, his brain now, because the event had so much emotional response, becomes something that now he believes he's not important. Correct. And then Christmas comes and he doesn't get the Xbox and it's because I'm not important. And then he goes on to try out for soccer and he doesn't get in and it's because he's not important. And now 33 years later now, we believe we're not important. And that's why I'm like, I don't really want to know so much the 20 years ahead because at the end of the day, what matters is let's go to the subconscious mind first mm-hmm. and see if you're able to recognize, oh my goodness, my dad didn't mean to do that. Right. But if I told a, pa- a patient, hey, the reason why you try killing yourself is because your dad picked up the phone. With a conscious mind, it, people would be like, "Fuck!" Like, like, off. like, are you serious right now? Like, am I listening Get to this guy right here. now? <laughs> because it doesn't make sense, right? But but once things start to connect, I all like to say I like to connect the dots, and the only way to do it is looking backwards, right? Mm-hmm. If I can have you connect all the dots, then you look forward, and then things make sense, right? And then this belief that I'm not important goes away because now you understand my dad didn't mean that. Right. And if that's where the problem started, then everything else just kind of falls What's apart. Okay. So that's when I tell people like, oh, I don't want to hear that stuff. Whoa, I don't, I don't. Because what they're doing is they're giving me their 
negative negative energy mm-hmm. oh, well and they're also just triggering themselves with those negative thoughts and then they're ruminating about them and yes. then then it goes back into the same pattern of feeling like shit all the time so because your your thoughts become your actions yeah. and it, your body has a response to that jordis yeah. benza explains this way better than i do but what he talks about is people want to talk about this because it produces chemicals in their body Mm-hmm. that they're used to. So right. if I tell you about me being sexually abused or physically abused, even though I I don't like that part of me, that is what's keeping me alive. My And I'm not saying don't do it or do it, but your body now is saying, talk about it so we can get a response out of it. Right. And that makes us feel like I matter. Mm-hmm. And I'm and I'm over here like, listen, I do not want that negative energy. Let, let's turn that into positive, mm-hmm. because if you do that, it's just venting, right. and you're pretty much taking all that negative energy out of you, which is good. It feels good. The problem is that you're still producing negative energy, and then in two weeks you come back to me and you say, you want to talk about it again, and then CBT does that over and over and over, meaning that let's talk about my problem with alcohol. And let's talk about it again. And we keep blaming the alcohol or the drug. And it's never that. It's never that. Right. Yeah. I think that that's a lot of really great information because I don't think that. So it's like the perspective of what of like what we see or when we hear things and like going back to, you know, at the beginning when you were talking about being around people, not being accountable for their own actions as to where they are. Right. This is it, this it, is how they get here, right? And they, it's it's almost it's almost like a an addiction in its own. Yeah, like you want to be that victim because when you act out and you have negative energy, yes, you're still gonna feel like crap at the end of the day. It's just like drinking a bottle of liquor. It you know like you're you're doing the act and it feels comfortable, but you still feel like crap at the end of the yeah. night. But they get but you get a feeling like you get drunk. Or when you're being a victim and you're just talking about all your crap, you get that attention, you get that empathy, that sympathy, like, oh, you're doing just fine. You know, all the stuff that you probably don't need to be right. hearing. But people are so uncomfortable with with sadness and people crying and people being angry that we we like try to like calm it down. Yeah. Instead of just like, that's none of my business. Yeah. No, and one of the things that I that I see a lot in 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 in, in our field is people want to literally exaggerate their trauma. And I, I, I never understand why, because I understand they're trying to tell me like, I've been through like all oh, this PTSD and extra trauma. And I'm like, no, like by doing so, what you're telling to the brain is that this is impossible to, to, to get through. I'm like, you're not going to impress me by well, saying a cue or whatever. Just say, I have trauma. Like, that, so that's So I it. think that people do that because it was a big deal to them. And it, so they have to make it a big deal to you so yeah. that you resonate with uh, with it, that feeling. Uh, totally. And, and I think this is where, as as therapists, we miss the point to that, that, that moment to say, listen, but by doing so, you tell the brain, this is so... Such a big deal big of a deal that we can't deal with it we can't deal yeah so we make it worse by amplifying it and i'm not saying you know if you're going to amplify something amplify your your feelings 
don't amplify the trauma. Yes. Like, if this is so bad, then why are you smiling while telling me your story? It's backwards. <laughs> right? Like, and, and and so this is the things that I teach in, 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 in groups. It's like, let's talk about words. Let's talk about what anxiety is. Let's talk about when you should be feeling. Because we are, I always say this, we are feeling, thinking humans. Feeling, thinking humans. We're not thinking feeling humans and we often do that like we go to worst case scenario because our thoughts guide us there versus if i'm here present with you i should be very excited if i'm getting married i should be excited in the moment if i'm getting married and i feel anxious it might be because that's my fifth marriage does that make sense and Mm -hmm. therefore because i didn't process those four past marriages now i'm I'm reliving it and believe me i'm heading in towards the, the sixth like divorce at that point and i'm not consciously living in the here and the now so words matter and if there's anything that i i work very hard with my kiddos is the words save your pennies versus we don't have money right yeah we talked about it's a big deal Mm -hmm. yeah we talked about that in our last episode is is word choice for sure the why oh my goodness this is one that i always teach zero to seven they don't understand why they don't have the ability to do it and therefore when my kids come to to our house they catch themselves oh oh uh, sorry Bob. not not why help me understand so i've switched now the why to help me understand I don't, I don't, why is almost like a bad word in my house because they don't understand. So if you, but if you allow them to do something they do not understand, you're setting them up for that pattern. Mm -hmm. And then they turn seven. Why, 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 why? And I'm like, stop saying why. Mm -hmm. So what I've done is look, I'm two steps ahead of them. When they tell me, why is the sun that color? It won't be that. I'd be like, can you help me understand? Why the sun is that color? And then they stop themselves from, from the whys. Because it's a lot of work. Help me understand. It's in. Help me understand versus why. Why it pushes things out. And it puts it on you. Versus help me understand. Now they're processing. That little simple thing will start then develop into feeling, thinking humans them but i'm glad you're here see you brought this conversation into a different direction i know like we were starting off a whole different way i mean it kind of ties all together but i i like how we included her in this changed it up so much that's why it's important for always have people here even if you're not really wanting to talk look you brought in a whole new dynamic (laughs) (laughs) and any other questions on that um, yeah. So in your practices, do you do like mind body building, mind body, body bridging or anything like that? Um, I teach a lot about mindfulness okay. and the difference between mindfulness and meditation. Okay. People don't not people. We do as therapists such a bad job on this. When I would hear, let's do some mindfulness. I'd be like, I'm shutting this person out. Mm-mm, mm-mm, I ain't doing that. Right. Because I have ADHD because I'm like, uh-uh. because mindfulness is the brain's ability to shut down. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
everybody's different. So I can't say, let's, let's count cards. Let's count backwards. Let's, let's, because that's not going to work. Mindfulness for me is playing golf, going down the river or scootering. It shuts my brain down. Mm -hmm. Meditation is the process to get me into mindfulness. A lot of people mix those two. And if you don't understand the difference, you're like, oh, I want to do some meditation. Then you're stuck in the process and never get to mindfulness. Right. And mindfulness is the connection between conscious and subconscious. Right. When you can consciously go into the subconscious and grabbing the thing that is bugging you. Correct. You can't bring an issue into mindfulness. And a lot of people bring in, okay, all right, my girlfriend cheated on me. I'm going to do some mindfulness. If you do that, you make things worse. Yes. Because you're going to amplify it. The idea is, no, do meditation to push everything out, to get into mindfulness once you're there. Subconsciously, you go in and say, okay, my girlfriend cheated on me. What does that make me? The I am. Right. I am not lovable. Okay, so this event triggered that, and then you can process that alone. Mm-hmm. I don't have to hear more about your story for you to start understanding a lot about how to function. Right. After, you, after you've developed into this healthier human, that's when you can come into me and say, hey, Mo, I had this event that I can't get rid of it. Okay, what is that event? And then I push it back on you. So based on what we talked about, Okay. How, sh- how should we solve this problem? Like when there's two right answers, how do you solve the problem? A lot of people. You change your thought. You focus on your core values. Right. Your value. So my core value should be loving, godly, and respectful. Yes. If there's an answer that I can't answer, I will look at those say, think, three things and say, what is the best answer in a very respectful, loving, and godly way. It's that one. Well, then I make that decision. Simple as that. Right. But if I start thinking about which de- decision is better, what's going to determine that decision is the environment. Right. And that's where we go wrong. Yes. Because we're feeling thinking humans. Mm-hmm. And therefore, you have to rely on your foundation as a human being and your values. Yes. If you don't have values then you're all over the place. Yes. And then people will see you as hypocrite, as a liar. Because one day you're a great father and the next day I see you at the store and you're hitting him mm-hmm. because you're angry, right? Versus consistently being the same person at work, at, at home, at the store, at church, at the soccer fields. That's a very healthy human. When I can call your values, mm-hmm. Just based on just observing you. Wow, that, per- that person's very kind. They're very loving. Then that's when you start seeing that everything about life connecting. Because then you start attracting the same kind of people into your life. Right. But if your value is anger and rage, every person that you're going to attract is one that you can do it to or they can do it to you. Right. So you kind of sync up the same way 
yeah. can be negative or positive. And that's all the energy that we talk about, right? The, the the frequencies that everything is energy in here, everything. So now we know why you couldn't, like you have a really hard time working with these people or you did have a hard time because you're on At all, work. Yeah, it's a... Well, the frequency at work is different and... Um, I think I'm I'm healthier that I can I can push through it mm-hmm. to where I know how to make them more uncomfortable for them to push out. And if 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 I know I can't, then that's where consciously I was like I am removing myself from this. If there's two people against me, I I leave. So that's that's a really hard thing for people to do. That's why they try to force things because they want them so bad. Instead of being able to make that conscious decision that they know it's not good for them. Walking away is a really hard thing for people to do. They want to like. Because they think they can get through it. Mm-hmm. And the idea is if you have two negative people in front of you and you're the, the only positive, there's no thinking. You leave. Yeah. People can't do that, Mo. But, because they, they think. But if you mm-hmm. understand that the energy is two against one, you lose. And therefore, wait until it's one on one and then you do it separately. And then you win. And it's not about winning or losing, but it's just if you're trying to get somebody to stop throwing the trash at a different place, when you find two of them doing it, you just you don't, don't do, do you, it. You don't. So, right. So like all the stuff that you were talking in the middle about how, you know, people not like want to uh, be dramatic about their trauma. Mm-hmm. So if, if you don't go through these things and process them and you're like have a good stability in your mind and are self-aware. Mm-hmm. You'll go, you'll go one up to, you'll go one against two. Right. You, you can't back down from that. Correct. And let's say your mom's not feeling good today, hypothetically, mm-hmm. right? If, if we have a good energy today, by her just being in this room, she will walk out different. Just, 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 by, just by, by the energy, by the loss, mm-hmm. by this universe, that's how it works. Yeah, because we're two. Right. And she's one. I feel yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just how it works, right? That's why right. people, when people are not feeling good, when people call the pink cloud, right? They all want to bunch up together. And I'm like, yeah, but your energy, I mean, you're thinking you're on the pink cloud, but you're not feeling it, mm-hmm. right? That's why we cannot just bump, like just clump everybody who struggles with substance abuse together because that's as far as they're going to get. Yeah. How about put one of them with the lawyer, how about put one of them with a CEO? And then whew, their mind starts like, whoa, it's different. Teach me something that I don't know. Explore. Right? The risk. Yes. It's a huge risk. And especially for people that are already feeling depressed and anxious mm-hmm. to put yourself in that position with the core values of, you know, are usually like, I, I'm not wanted. I'm not loved. I, I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. It's got to, like, that's got to take every ounce of courage in somebody to to but be in that scene. And if you're depressed, understand that depression is a state of mind. Right. It, it's, it's not like this cancer that is attacking. I mean, it is somewhat like it will attack your body because of other things. But it's a state of mind. And, and going back to the brain, your brain cannot do two things. It cannot battle two things at once. So if you are now consciously thinking, man, I've fallen into depression, then fight it by putting more positive. But you have to put like 90 minutes of positivity before your brain gives up and says, oh, okay, fine. And then you're where you want to be consciously. Yeah, I agree with that. 
But a lot of times we like to just, oh my gosh, I, oh, life sucks. I know, that it's easy. And, and it's just like this slippery slope that happens. And, mm-hmm. and then the more you do it, the more comfortable it gets. And and now it's, it's... It's normal. And now you can add the M to it. MDD. Now you're not just depressed. You're, you're major major de- depressed. <laughs> and there we go. And like, oh, I'm major depressed. And I'm like, well, why are you saying it with that energy? Right. You're telling me you're depressed, but with the high frequency, that produces dopamine. Mm-hmm. Versus saying, this sucks, mom. I don't, I don't want to be. I don't want to be here. Oh, I can see that. Yes, yeah. let's work on it. But when somebody comes and their energy says, oh, my gosh, I'm depressed. I got PTSD. I'm like, oh, my gosh. It's like you're having a kid. <laughs> That's the energy you're telling me. And therefore, why would your body want to out of that? Right, because if it produces dopamine, it's a reward system. It's it a just, reward. It wants that yeah. back again. Yeah. Let so, me tell you about my trauma. And I'm like, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> Stop, right? Stop doing yeah, that. Because, A, you're not you're not fully understanding what you're doing. But, but you know, I think society has told us to do that. It has taught us that you need to be able to express, to say those things. So I'm like, yes, but not, not, not like this. Not like that. No, right? It's like, I'm not going to give my, my two-year-old the knife. I'm not. Because they're going to cut themselves. They can grab it, absolutely. But it's my job to say no. <laughs> no. Yeah. And as a therapist, that is my job. And a lot of people don't, don't like me because of it. They're like, well, you didn't let me talk. I'm like, it's my job to help you understand why you shouldn't. And they're like, oh, okay. So Mo does get a lot of um, backlash. Oh, yeah. A lot. However, I will say that later on down the road, the more that you do therapy or they have time to actually like process, because sometimes you just need that time to just like that quiet time to just process everything, take it all in. And then it starts to make sense. And people really do appreciate you. And sometimes it's two years after. Yes. Like and we'll come back and be like, I hated you. It's it's like it's like that really um strict parent. You know, I, I hate my parents, they don't let me do anything. And then later on they are reaping all these benefits right. of being like good, outstanding, respectful yeah. citizens. And they're like, Yeah, I'm probably like this because my parents were so strict with me. Mm-hmm. And it's it's made my yeah. life so much better. And what I do is I literally, I understand that anything I say to them, it's going to be a threat. And therefore, most of my groups that I start, I, I now I start with that. Before I didn't. But that's that's my that's been my transition as a therapist. As my, I'm growing. And I say, listen, 90% of things that I'm going to tell you today is going to be a threat. And you might be angry. And you might be mad. And that's okay. And when I put that out, it's almost like I reduce those walls and say, okay. And I say, my job today is going to be to challenge your brain. Not you as a human being, just your brain. Mm-hmm. And then they start understanding that part. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the beauty of it. It's, as a therapist, I've, understand, I've understood that it's, it's never about what you want to tell me in the moment always where it started right and if i can if i can help you get there and see it through a different lens then 
things start to make sense. Right. And it will change your life. Yeah. It's wild. Uh, Steven, who we always quote, um, he's very good at that. He has this machine that he'll ask you questions, you process, and he can see if you're mad, if you're angry. And that proves itself that you don't have to talk to process. Yeah. Yeah. He. I've heard stories from people that actually have gone to see him, and and they will fall asleep. Yeah. But their mind is still processing. Yeah. And they get to reflect back on it, so it becomes real. So they they're like, oh wow, yeah. I I didn't really believe that, but then I see it. You know, because some people have to see it to believe it. But that's the beauty that your conscious and subconscious are connected. Mm-hmm. But you fall asleep. And when you come up, it's like you're uncomfortable because it's it's, it's this weird feeling. <laughs> I've never done it, so I don't know, but it sounds amazing. Yeah. Anyway, we got totally off track, but it turned out really great. I, I was pumped up to talk about some different stuff, but the way that the conversation went. I Thank felt, you, Mom. I think yeah. Mom took us there. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah. Thanks for coming to our show, Mom. Yeah. Thank you for letting me borrow those chairs. Like two years, no, the, the table two, two, two years ago when I decided to be a, a taco man yeah. and, and I sold 500 tacos in two hours. Nice. Yeah. It was a great hit. I haven't done, I haven't done it since, but yeah. it was like, I just needed to get that out of me. You got, sometimes you just got to go for it. Yeah. yeah. You know about that. Oh, I know all about that. Well, uh, thanks for listening in this week. Um, we can't wait to see you next time. And please, please, please find us on our Instagram and on Facebook. We're at Not Everyone Gets a Trophy. We also have a website, NotEveryoneGetsAtrophy.com. We would love to have more experiences like this. This was good. Yeah. I really appreciated all of this today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Mom, for being here today. Yeah, we hardly get to hear about what Mo actually does. He, yeah. does, he doesn't like to share a lot about himself. So oh, I still don't. <laughs> I still don't. I share what I do. I wish who you I am. would. But anyway. <laughs> Well, have a good week. All right. Adios. Thank you for listening to this episode of Not Everyone Gets a Trophy, hosted by Amy and Mo. This episode has been brought to you by SB Studios, Boise's number one podcast producer. 